Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, church. It's such a joy to be here again. I was last here about six months ago. Now, before I begin uh, this morning's sermon, can I just do a quick survey? How many of you know Popeye the Sailor Man? Okay, not every hand is raised. That dates you. It also dates me. Uh, it means that we are at least young seniors uh, because Popeye the Sailor Man was a very popular cartoon for those who were growing up in our 60s and 70s. Now, for those of you who don't know who Popeye the Sailor Man is, he was a sailor with a long-time girlfriend called Olive. She's tall, slim and slender. Now, Popeye had an enemy and he was called Bluto. Bluto was a very huge-sized sailor who would often harass Popeye and Olive. Then what happens? He pops a can of spinach, he gets supernatural strength, and then he would pounce on Bluto to save Olive and win the day. Now, what strengthens Popeye was the spinach. Actually, I think it's the cartoon's way of trying to get kids to eat more vegetables. This morning, our text is from Daniel 10, 1 to 11, verse 1. A key focus of this text is about our God who strengthens us not with spinach eating, but with a divine empowering. Now, last week, Pastor Matt covered the last three chapters of Daniel 10 to 12, and I trust we are finding Daniel a very challenging and fascinating book. Now, Pastor Matt entitled Daniel 10 as Spiritual Battles Beyond Us. Such battles are certainly one reason why Daniel needed God to strengthen him as we shall see later. Now in Daniel 10, it's very interesting because uh, just at the first service, I was commenting that I was prayed four times before I came up to preach and I'm thankful because I take it as a sign. Now in Daniel 10, Daniel mentioned that he had no strength left four times. Okay, before we dive into Daniel, can I invite us to bow our heads in prayer this morning? Father, thank you for your word. There are times we feel weak. There are times we feel we have no strength left. And thank you for being the God who sustains, strengthens, and empowers us. May your word encourage us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now some of us may identify with Daniel. A time where we feel we have no strength left. Perhaps we are facing a prolonged period of praying for an unsaved family member or for an illness of our own or a loved one, for a challenging marriage or an unfaithful spouse, perhaps some of our parents and we are facing a difficult or rebellious child or a child struggling through PSLE right now, or we have a child with special needs or a child who's straying from the faith. Some of us are facing very challenging times, looking for a new job, 
recovering from financial losses or fighting a habitual sin where we find ourselves failing and falling over repeatedly. In Daniel 10, as we shared, there are four times where Daniel mentioned he had no strength and this is in two key occasions. The two occasions are found in Daniel 10 verses 8 and 16 which read, So I was left alone and saw this great vision and no strength was left in me. This is in verse 8. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed and I retained no strength. Verses 16 to 17. I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. What made Daniel feel so completely weak? In the first occasion, it was due to his encounter with the heavenly being, which we believe was a theophany. Now what's a theophany? It is a visible manifestation of God or a vision of the pre-incarnate Christ. In the second occasion, it could be due to Daniel being shown a ferocious spiritual battle raging between the angels or his concern over the future of his people. Let's explore the first occasion together and we see this in Daniel 10 verses 5 to 6 which reads, I lifted my eyes and look, and behold a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Upas around his waist. His body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Now who was this man clothed in linen, this heavenly being whom Daniel encountered? Now some think it's the angel Gabriel and they have good reason because Daniel's recorded reaction in Daniel 10.9 where he says, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground are the very same words Daniel used in Daniel 8 verse 18 when he encountered Gabriel. Now for Daniel 10, 5-6, our view is that Daniel encountered a theophany, a visible manifestation of God or the pre-incarnate Christ. This is primarily due to similarities in Daniel's vision here and John's vision in Revelation 1 verses 13 to 15. Now for ease of reference, I've tabulated the two visions here and I'm sure we can see the similarities, though not exactly the same. Now we can only imagine how terrifying it is to encounter God himself like this. In this, how some godly men reacted in the word of God during such encounters can give us some helpful glimpses. For example, John in Revelation 1 verse 17 spoke of how when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Or the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 6.5 upon seeing God on his throne exclaiming, Woe is me, I am ruined. My friends, the effect of this theophany 
is also seen in Daniel 10 verse 7. Here, men who were with Daniel, who did not even see the theophany, were said to have experienced a great trembling falling upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. It is understandable, therefore, that when Daniel encountered this theophany, he recorded that no strength was left in me, I retained no strength. Yet there are some who object that Daniel saw a theophany. Their view is simply this. If this was God, he cannot have been resisted for 21 days by an evil force, as we see in Daniel 10 verse 13. And hence their conclusion, this being in Daniel 10 verses 5 to 6 cannot be God. Now one way we can reconcile this challenge is the view that some commentators have taken, and this is their view, that the being in Daniel 10 verses 5 to 6 is a theophany, while the being from Daniel 10, 10 onwards refers to an angel, whom we shall assume for this sermon to be Gabriel. Now the second occasion of Daniel's weakness is seen in Daniel 10 verses 15 to 17. And these verses read, When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face towards the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, by reason of the vision pains have come upon me, I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. We note that Daniel was muted. Then when he spoke, he expressed that he had no strength remaining. Why was Daniel so weak here? For me, there are three possibilities. The first is that Daniel was stunned by Gabriel's revelation regarding the ferocious spiritual battle that was going on between Gabriel, Michael, who are both archangels, mind you, and a demonic force in Daniel 10 verses 13 and 14. And this is what these verses read. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand what it is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. My friends, to think of a spiritual battle happening at the level of the two most powerful angels of God can be very disturbing for a person like Daniel. So this is the first possibility. The second possibility is that Daniel was still recovering from his theophany in Daniel 10 verses 5 to 6. Now how many of you have encountered a theophany like Daniel? Anyone? Not many, I suspect. I had a fractional glimpse of such an encounter and it was a time when I was praying with our leadership mentor, Reverend Edmund Chan. Somewhere in the middle of the prayer, suddenly I found myself in the presence of God, which was so completely overwhelming. I felt frozen. I felt muted. And a moment later, 
I was sobbing uncontrollably. Yet, not all of us need dramatic encounters like this. For most of us, an experience where God's word jumps at us, or the Spirit deeply convicts us of a sin, prompts us to a certain action, or imparts to us a certain revelation, is sufficient enough to make us feel a weakness or a reverent fear. Most important in such an God encounters is that our lives are changed. So the first possibility is uh, the spiritual battle being revealed. The second possibility, still recovering from a theophany. And the third possibility is that Daniel was pained over the future of his people, as we see in Daniel 10 verse 16. And this reads, I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me, and I retain no strength. What is this vision that Daniel is talking about? He could be referring to previous visions he had seen, such as in chapter 8, which was regarding the future of his people. Also, that angel shared that his purpose in coming to Daniel was to make him understand what was to happen to his people in the latter days, seemed to affirm this as a possibility. For me, all three are possible reasons for Daniel's weakness. Now I trust by now we know that Daniel is not an easy book to study or understand. Honestly, I feel weak each time having to preach on Daniel. So I'm very thankful this is my last sermon for Daniel this year. And I will leave the more complicated chapters to my esteemed colleagues to figure out and share it with us. Now why did God show up in a theophany and through his angels in such a powerful way? I believe it is because Daniel was earnestly seeking God in fasting and mourning as we see in Daniel 10 verses 2 to 3. This reads, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. I'm not sure how many of us fast. I haven't fasted for a while. I'm reminded of a friend who said, the only time I fast is in between meals. Reading Daniel 10, I was convicted again that I need to get back to the habit of fasting. Fasting is a discipline God's word encourages us to do. Here are two quotes from two very famous godly men. One is by Richard Foster. Many of us have read his book, Celebration of Disciplines. And this is what he says about fasting. The central idea in fasting is the voluntary denial of an otherwise normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. The second quote is by Hudson Taylor, founder of the China Inland Mission, and he writes, Perhaps the greatest hindrance to our work is our own imagined strength. And in fasting, we learn what poor, weak creatures we are, dependent on a meal or meat for the little strength which we are so apt to lean upon. In Daniel 10 verse 2, 
we see what is often referred to as the Daniel fast, where we abstain from some, but not all foods. For Daniel, in this case, he was abstaining from delicacies, meat and wine, and from anointing himself. Applying this principle, we could fast from anything we've become overly dependent on. For some of us, it could be social media. For others, it could be Netflix or some favourite foods that we're eating every day. A few weeks ago, I was on a date with my wife, and I'm thankful she's here. I decided to fast from checking on my WhatsApp while I was on a date with her. It was harder than I thought, and this made me realise that my habit of checking my WhatsApp regularly is something that distracts me from giving my full attention to the wife I love, and I needed to repent of it. I'm not sure how many of you also have this issue. I encourage you to consider fasting from your WhatsApp. And why and when was Daniel fasting and mourning? He was doing so during the third year of Cyrus, which is two years after Cyrus had issued the edict, allowing the Jews to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And it was also during the 24th day of the first month, which is the Passover celebration for the Jews. It is likely that Daniel was mourning and fasting during this time, as he was discouraged because the temple rebuilding project in Jerusalem was facing hostile opposition. Another possibility is that Daniel was discouraged over the spiritual condition of some rich and able Jews, Jews who were choosing to remain in Jerusalem instead of supporting the temple rebuilding project by returning there because they had gotten too comfortable in a foreign land. My friends, we must be wary that we do not get too comfortable in this world in which we live, for we are called to be in, but not of the world. Now that God responded to Daniel personally and through his angel is attested in Daniel 10 verse 12. Because here the angel revealed that he had come to Daniel because Daniel had set his heart to understand and had humbled himself before God. This is what Daniel 10 verse 12 reads. Then he, this is Gabriel, said to me, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. When Daniel felt he had no strength left on these two occasions, God in his grace did not leave Daniel in this weakened state, but instead strengthened Daniel in three key ways. The first way is that Daniel was touched. We see this in three instances in Daniel 10 verses 10, 16 and 18 which read, And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Verse 10. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. Verse 16. And in verse 18 says, Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. In this context, 
Daniel speaks of a touch from the Lord through his angel upon Daniel. Now many of us have experienced such a divine empowering in our lives. Often it is through the Holy Spirit. Yet God can certainly also empower us through his word, circumstances, creation, or through other fellow believers. Recently I had the privilege to oversee a men's breakthrough weekend for another church due to my role in the men's ministry network which Deacon Nelson mentioned about. Now at this breakthrough weekend, uh, there was the altar call for the last plenary where we had the older men simply give the younger men a warm fatherly hug to give them a sense and experience of what God embracing them might feel. Now because of my grey hairs, I was one of the older men. So there were many younger men that I hugged. And when I did so, many of them broke down. We could feel the empowering presence of God as we went through this symbolic response. It was a breakthrough moment for many men simply to experience a human hug. God was surely mediating his empowering touch through fellow human beings to one another. So the first way God strengthens us is through a touch. The second way is that Daniel was encouraged. We see this in two occasions in Daniel 10 verses 11 to 12 and 19. Verses 11 and 12 reads, And he said to me, O Daniel, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel. Verse 19 reads, And he said, O man, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. My friends, many of us have fears. For Daniel, his first fear was a reverent fear because he saw the theophany. His next fear, however, could be about the spiritual battle that he was now told about or an uncertain future for his people. My friends, we all have fears. Some fear the past, some the present, some the future. Whatever our fears, we most need to hear the voice of God that assures us, fear not. Fear not. Fear God. And you will fear not everything else. In such times, we need encouragements from God, which often come through His Word, His Spirit, and His people. One such word is when God said to the Apostle Paul in his struggle against that thorn in his flesh, when God responded to his pleading saying, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. May this word encourage us. We all need encouragements, especially in our times of fear and weakness. This often comes through our spiritual family. So my friends, Liverpool is not my favourite football club, but don't walk alone. I encourage us, if Covenant EFC is your spiritual home, 
then find your spiritual community and family here. In one of the darkest moments of my life, I remembered how I sought out Pastor Kikyong to share my deepest burdens with him. He simply patiently sat and listened, never offered too much wise counsel, which I'm sure he had a lot to give, but simply prayed for me after my outpouring. And I recall leaving that meeting strengthened. So the first strengthening is that God touches us. The second strengthening is that he encourages us. Now in the third way, Daniel was affirmed to be greatly loved by God. Greatly loved here has the idea of being greatly delighted in by God. And we see this in Daniel verses 11 and 19, which talks about Daniel being greatly loved. Now at this point, I invite us to close our eyes because I'm going to ask us two questions which I would invite you to honestly respond to without anyone looking. The first question is this. Do you believe that God loves you? With all eyes closed, can you raise your hands? Thank you. You can put down your hands. Now the second question, and listen carefully. Do you feel, yes, the word is feel, very intimately, personally, and continually loved by God? Please raise your hands. Thank you. You may open your eyes now. You know, many times when I do this exercise, about a quarter to a third of the first group of people raise their hands for the second question. The truth is that many of us struggle to experientially or emotionally feel God's love and delight for us. Yet it is needful for us to experience that love, to feel secure as his children. Let me come to a close. From how the angel strengthened Daniel, we can see that it was primarily by an uplifting touch a word of encouragement, or a loving affirmation of God's delight and love for Daniel. Now, as a New Testament believer, I cannot help but associate this tree with how it's often the Holy Spirit that touches us, God's Word as incarnated through Jesus, which encourages us, and how God, our loving Heavenly Father, reminds us of His love. God's touch. God's word, God's love is what strengthens us in our times of weakness. At this point, let me share a true story of a couple in our church. I have their gracious permission to share this very challenging situation in their lives during which I had the privilege to journey with them in a very small way. This was four years ago and the couple is Kenny and Faith. Their situation relates to their second child, Alina. An article has appeared on them in Salt and Light. You see, three months into Faith's pregnancy, they discovered that baby Alina had a very serious chromosome disorder where a lower part of her brain was missing. And she had a 2.7 millimeter hole 
in her tiny hut. Their very first understandable struggle was what do they do? You see, even the doctors were unsure if the baby would survive at all. From the scans and their checks at birth, their baby would likely not live past the first two hours. Yet God had spoken to this couple prior to face pregnancy, that he would bless them with a second child. Based on this pregnancy, Kenny and Faith found the courage to proceed with the pregnancy despite all the distressing news. Since birth, baby Alina has had to go through surgery after surgery. One life-threatening situation after another. And there were various times where after surgery there was promising hopes of recovery and progress, only for them to learn of a negative turn in their condition hours later. There were so many times in this trying, seemingly never-ending journey that this couple felt they had no strength left to cope with yet another discouraging medical update or disappointing turn regarding Alina's condition. At the same time, they also faced challenges in Kenny's work situation, huge medical bills impacting their household finances, and various other situations in their home and their family. My friends, honestly, as a pastor journeying with them, there were times when I myself was bordering on losing hope in praying and journeying with them regarding Elena. There were times when I found myself asking God, why did this journey have to be so difficult for this family? Yet each time when we prayed together, each time when the couple hit their lowest and lowest points, we saw God sustaining, surprising us with turnarounds, how He answers prayer, how He delivers miraculously, and seeing them through. One key verse which God gave to the couple, which many times they had to hang on for dear life, was this. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Just two weeks ago, Alina turned four years old. Doesn't the Lord deserve a clap offering? She's not completely out of the woods medically. The couple is still facing challenges. Yet each time in their weakness, each time when they feel they have no strength left, God would divinely empower them with His touch, His word and His love. Often through the prayers and words of encouragement of faithful friends who have been journeying alongside them. Now Kenny and Faith are just one example of many, many people whom God in His grace has strengthened in their times of weakness. Truly, 
God's grace is sufficient for us, my friends. His strength made perfect in our weakness. Yet, it is not the weak who face situations where we have no strength left. We recall that Jesus, the disciples of Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane, likewise experienced weakness when they could no longer stay awake and keep praying as Jesus himself had requested them. Jesus himself likely had a point in time where he may have been on the verge of no strength left because Luke records for us in Luke 22 verse 43, and there appeared to him, this is Jesus, an angel from heaven, strengthening him. My friends, there will likely be times in our lives where we feel we have no strength left. And in such times, may we look to God who strengthens us and to hear these words uttered by God to us as through the angel to Daniel in verse 19. O man, greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Some of us may be going through prolonged situations in our lives. Situations where we feel we have no strength left. We may be feeling very weak, very helpless, even hopeless, as our situations, whether past, present or future, are just way too overwhelming, too challenging, too long-standing, too demanding. Now with our eyes closed, if this is you, can I invite you just where you are, just open up your palms to God. Open up your heart to God. And by faith, receive this fresh touch from God this morning. To be encouraged and affirmed by His words to you right now. The very same words that He has spoken through His angel to Daniel and which he now speaks to us, O man, brother, sister, greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. Father, we appropriate these words to each of our hearts this morning, that we may be strengthened in our time of weakness, so that we can face all things with a divine empowering, an empowering that comes by your touch, your word, and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's word, and we hope that the message has ministered to you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.